This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual talk with Adam Pacallo about grain markets, and they've taken a nosedive this week. We talk with the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers. The annual meeting opens in Assiniboia Sunday night and, of course, goes Monday and Tuesday. And Kelsey Elford gives us a few of the highlights for the annual meeting and what's going to be discussed. We also take a look at beef labeling. It was raised in Ottawa, in Parliament, and there's some concern that Health Canada is going to put new beef labeling on ground beef and pork. That's an interesting controversy, and we'll hear all about it. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. It was a rough week for grain markets. Commodity futures advisor with PI Financial, Adam Pacallo, says canola fell $80 per metric ton, while spring wheat was down $1.16 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, definitely more of a decline here this week than previous weeks. July canola is down approximately $80 a ton here this week, with today down approximately $34 a ton, sitting at $1,108. And the November contract that I've been watching closer now that the July is going to be expiring soon in the next few weeks here is down approximately $60 a ton for the week. Right now, it's sitting at approximately 10.25 a ton, down $17 for the day. Looking at Minneapolis wheat, a similar story as canola, a fairly large decline here this week, down approximately $1.16 a bushel. So all grains have definitely kind of been a little bit more in a downward trend, I would say, except actually more for the soybean side of the markets here. There's been a few kind of positive influences for, for soybeans, a sharp break in the U.S. dollar plus strength in crude oil and kind of the stock market as well has helped to support a bit of a risk on mode for kind of the soybean side of things. And now the other thing to note is that the gains have have come about largely also to from the soybean oil side of the market. There's been very strong market there, but that hasn't actually continued over to the canola front. Now some clients often kind of ask, well, you know, often the soy markets should be you know, helping support canola. Well, on the November side, I've been watching 1050 as a very important support level of on, uh, t- on the technical side of things. And that was broken here yesterday. So I believe there's some more forward through selling here for canola. And we could see a $1,000 kind of a ton canola on November potentially here if the trends keep continuing. Yeah, so what's really pushing down canola and wheat this week? 
Well, again, looking at the canola front, I believe that it's definitely more on the kind of the technical selling side of things here, They're, whether that's producer or, or commercial. I believe that there's just been some technical areas that have been violated a little bit. On the wheat side, there's been a lot of news. Russia's defense ministry indicates that vessels carrying grain can leave Ukraine's ports in the Black Sea via humanitarian corridors, and Russia is ready to guarantee their safety. We'll see if that does happen. Obviously, that does that does change quite a bit. And as well, too, Sovcon, Russia's kind of USDA equivalent, raised their export forecast for the 2023-2022-2023 season. So we have just seen, I would say, a lot of pressure on kind of the wheat markets here. And technically, really, I would say wheat is weak on the charts here. So the outlook next week and beyond? Well, next week, there is a USDA report on Friday, June 10th. So we'll see if there is any support maybe for the grains then. As always, this is, again, the time of year where a lot of the weather models are being watched closely. But as of right now, I would say there's a little bit more weaker technicals showing here going forward. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And your Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The beef market outlook and expanding processing in Saskatchewan will be among the topics at the annual Saskatchewan Stock Growers Convention next week. The meeting opens in Assiniboia Sunday night and gets down to business on Monday. President Kelsey Elford says industry consultant Willie Van Solkema will discuss a report looking at expanding the beef packing industry in Saskatchewan. Key highlights from Monday's meeting is we have a Tim McMillan's going to speak on advocacy and um, the pressures that are that are facing the livestock industry. You know we're we're facing the same pressures that the oil and gas and the forestry industry did, and he's gonna he's gonna talk about the pushback and and what we can do as producers and how to mitigate that those changes and uh, pressures as they come. Stock growers was approved for a uh, feasibility study for the packing plant in, in the possibility of packing plants in Saskatchewan. And, you know, we want to see the, that industry developed and grown in this province. But first, you know, we make sure that that business is going to be profitable and, and here long term. And so the report on that is going to be coming in on, on Monday, and we're really excited for the results of that study. You know, do we go ahead with one big packing plant? Should there be several smaller ones? You know, what does it look like in the future? We've also got Colin Woodall. He's going to be speaking, giving us a report from NCBA down in the state. He was their head lobbyist for years, and he's now the, the CEO. There's lots of other things that are that are going to be covered through the Monday meeting, but that's going to be the highlights, followed by the banquet Monday night, where the Environmental Stewardship Award is going to be given out. Personal opinion, it's one of the highest honors that producers in this province can aspire to get. It recognizes their care of the land, and and when it comes down to it, I mean, we're, we're livestock producers, but we are first and foremost stewards of the land, because if it doesn't, if we don't take care of it, it doesn't take care of us. Looking at the grain belt, uh, parts of the east are too wet, parts of the west are too dry. Do you see the weather and drought aid and or excess water aid being discussed at the Stock Growers Convention? 
I believe that all those things, Jim, are going to be on the table. You know, it's it's such a violent curve from one side of the province to the other, and there isn't going to be a silver bullet solution for everything, but uh, it will be front uh, and center on everybody's mind and a topic that will be discussed throughout the weekend. Will there be calls, do you think, for drought aid? Undoubtedly, there's there's probably going to be some asks. You know, as our position has been to uh, last year was to trigger ag recovery, and that happened, and so we're, we're thankful for that. And, you know, the enhancements of we have some resolutions coming forward on enhancing programming that's already in place. Um, and, you know, the topic of discussion on getting the, the money that if there is money, to where it needs to be, not not necessarily a blanketed uh, one one size fits all, fits all. I haven't been given direction as as chair to speak on those things. That's just a few things that I'm sure are gonna gonna come up. You've also got a beef cattle update from Ann Wasco. Right now, how do you see the market? How is the beef market? Well, some areas are under pressure. I know that the feedlots that are shipping cattle are, are uh, some of them are shipping at a significant loss. Of course, the packing plants are taking exorbitant gains, and that will be a, a topic of discussion. The grass cattle market looks really good. The calf market outlook at the moment is promising. Um, I wouldn't say that it's bullish, but it's you know it's it's not under pressure. So, you know, going forward, I think it's going to be an overall decent year, and I'm glad that we get the year ends report. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Annual Meeting opens Sunday night and runs Monday and Tuesday in Assiniboine. That's Kelsey Elford of Cairnport, the president. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Brittany Warner with realagriculture.com, and today we are talking with Dr. Angela Bedard-Hahn of the University of Saskatchewan. She is the professor and dean of the College of Agriculture and Bioresources, and she is also heading up a brand new five-year project with Dr. Cameron Carlisle of the University of Alberta. The five-year project looks to do research on carbon sequestration in pasture and forage lands and just received $3.2 million thanks to the Government of Canada and the the government of Saskatchewan. Thanks so much for joining me here today. So we just heard about the news of you guys receiving a significant amount of funding for a brand new project. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the project. Great. Well, the project is really focused at getting a a better handle on the carbon stocks associated with our forage and grasslands. And so, uh, as we know, these are a significant proportion of our agricultural lands here in Saskatchewan. And uh, we know that they also are a really key component of our our overall carbon stocks uh, within the province. And so, as part of that, though, we want to make sure we have an understanding of how the management approaches that we use on these forage and grassland um, uh, fields is uh, is affecting the, the carbon stocks. And so, uh, 
couple of outcomes that we're looking for. One is to is to get a really effective map of carbon as it varies across the across the landscapes. And so to do that, we're going to be using predictive uh, digital soil mapping approaches uh, that combine some of our, our sensing techniques and uh, machine learning approaches along with in-field sampling. And that in-field sampling is really going to be looking at um, different uh, management approaches that are, are being implemented by by producers and looking at the, the most typical uh, suite of, of approaches and trying to understand which of these has uh, uh, advantages or disadvantages when it comes to the carbon stocks that are being uh, sequestered therein. Okay, and then so with this, depending on kind of what you guys come up with, now this is a five-year project, correct? That's right. Okay, so at the end of this five years, if you guys find that um, the you know certain farming practices lead to a better outcome for soil carbon stocks, um, could this possibly lead to initiatives for farmers to follow those protocols or those initiatives um, to have this you know more desired outcome? Absolutely, that would be the the desired end goal is to to be able to then translate that into into beneficial management practices, uh, best management practices recommendations, as well as uh, possibly influencing some of the policy decisions that are in place. And so we will be looking at these from the perspective of you know um, um, modeling over time. What does that you know if we were to change from practice A to practice B, what would that look like in terms of carbon accumulation over time as well? So I think there's a lot of potential implications uh, down the road in terms of recommending management practices. Absolutely. Now, $3.2 million is a good chunk of change. Um, how is how is that kind of spread out over the five-year project? Are you guys going to need more as time goes on, or will the 3.2 cover the basis for what you guys are looking to achieve? I think it will it will it will cover the vast majority of what we need. If there's anything additional, it would be to to as part of spin-off type of projects. While we're out there collecting, can we do something additional? So, you know, in terms of the the outcomes or and the objectives that I've just summarized here, that that cash will certainly cover that. And that's really a lot of that is covering the you know the the people power that it will take to do this. So, uh, while we are using some of these remote sensing techniques, there's a significant amount in order for that to be effective. We do need to do a lot of in uh, in-person sampling and so that is going to that's going to take a lot of time and energy and so there's a, a lot of work associated with that and much of what you're you're seeing there in terms of the the cost is associated with the the people the expertise to do the work so the people to do the sampling to do the laboratory analysis to do the data analysis the predictive soil mapping uh, to do the modeling uh, components there uh, as well we've got a, a soil microbiological component as well looking at the influence in, in particular of of these practices on on soil health, the soil microbial community, and so the, all of those pieces um, have a cost associated with them. So it is a significant chunk of change, but it is spread out across. Uh, so our university, University of Alberta, uh, as well as uh, a couple of the agriculture, agri-food Canada centers, both in Swift Current and in Lethbridge. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. I get to spend every day talking to farmers in the ag industry through realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. But nothing is more fun than speaking to an audience live and in person. If you're planning an ag event, book a Real Agriculture speaker to make it a successful and memorable experience. Email shaney at realagriculture.com and you can book myself or any other Real Ag personality to speak at your event. Bring your audience all the fun, insight, and energy of Real Agriculture.
This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40, the high 23, the low plus 5. Saturday, sunny, the high 23, the low 8. Sunday, sunny, the high 19, the low 6. Monday, increasing cloudiness, the high 19, the low 8. Tuesday, cloudy, the high 19, the low 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy with a high 20, the low 10. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 22. Normal high is 22. For this date, the normal low is 8 degrees. The sun rose at 4.51 this morning. It sets at 9.02 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is leader in west-central Saskatchewan at 22 degrees. The cold spot up north, Island Falls at 10 degrees. Estevan and Saskatoon, 20. Swift Current, 19. Weyburn, 20. Yorkton is 18 degrees. Regina, sunny and 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 24, gusting to 36. Humidity, 25%. The barometric pressure dropping, 101.6. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 20. Winds are from the north, northwest at 13. Once again, Regina, sunny and 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. For years, Canada fought the U.S. over labels placed on beef and pork from Canada. The country of origin labeling program was finally abolished in the late stages of the Obama government, but not before it cost the Canadian beef and pork industry billions of dollars in lost sales and expensive court challenges in the World Trade Organization. There's a chance that program could return in some form under the current Biden administration. But now Health Canada is proposing a label of its own on foods it deems to contain too much fat. While many foods have already been exempted, ground beef and pork are not. And if both industries are not successful in getting that exemption, packages of ground beef and pork could soon be labeled as having high levels of saturated fat. It's something Canada's beef and pork industries are very concerned about. The issue came up yesterday during question period in the Senate. Here is Tory Senator Don Plett questioning Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau, who attended yesterday's session. The Minister of Health is proposing that front-of-package labeling regulations which would require ground beef sold at retail to carry a high and saturated fat warning label. This would make Canada the only jurisdiction in the world to place a health warning label on its ground beef. Other countries have implemented front-of-package regulations and they have chosen to exempt all single-ingredient whole foods based on their nutritious value, including ground beef. Health Canada is doing the opposite. Cattle producers are very concerned, I met with them yesterday, about this measure, 
And they have asked that ground beef be exempted from the regulations, just like butter, milk, and maple syrup are exempted. Minister, do you agree with this proposal? And would you commit to speak with the Minister of Health and ask him to ensure that cattle producers receive the exemption from these regulations that they are seeking? This is uh, under the jurisdiction of the Minister of Health, but obviously I am following this uh, project very closely since it, uh, it it might have an impact on our producers. Uh, I'm glad that our producers, dairy producers, beef producers, I mean, have had the opportunities to be heard. Uh, I know that progress is being made significantly in terms of understanding the nutrition, nutritive value of, of our producers and that it is being recognized. Um, I. The, the, the final decision hasn't been taken yet, but you can count on me to always advocate for our producers with uh, my colleague, the Minister of Health, so we can find the right balance to protect the health of Canadians, obviously, but also uh, take uh, into account the interest of our farmers. Well, thank you, uh, Minister. I'm not sure whether that was a yes or a no. That's Tory Senator Don Platt questioning Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Babot. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com We have more detail today on a newly formed rural group in southwest Saskatchewan. They'll hold a field tour and regenerative agriculture conference in late June. Calvin Gavilan is a spokesperson with Prairie South Holistic Management. He says field tours and the farm conference will be held June 24th to 26th in McCord. That's about 250 kilometers southwest of Regina. He highlights holistic management of pastures with such ideas as intercropping and importance of rotational grazing. Just get back to normal after COVID and figure out what we can do as an operation to make cattle um, and the grain sides more profitable for our families but not only that, more sustainable. So then on the way back, um, or then Adrian and Cheryl also does, Adrian Lanoir and Cheryl Hepworth also do intercropping. So they don't have to use as much synthetic fertilizers and still grow a crop, which is very, more and more guys are doing it. It's just not a, a talked about system. Then we drive back to our place on a bus and then we tour on ours. We're gonna have rotational of fall grazing cover crops, um, which right now when it is dry down here, it is amazing to see like turning your cows out on our fall rye that is knee high already and the biomass that's there for a, a cow so early in the year. So it saves our, our grazing system to later on our pastures and our paddock grazing. And then we'll also be touring our intercropping. We'll also be touring um, we have a plot tour with Imperial Seeds for showing six different um, seed blends that they sell. So this way, anybody that's interested in it, you get to go into it. It'll be a three and a half acre plot, each one of them. So the dynamic is we're seeding it on not our prime land. Um, it starts hilly, level land, low land. This way, anybody that wants to walk the fields, they get to see the dynamics of of a seeding a 15 seed blend blows most people's minds right out. 
because it doesn't make sense to them. But the, the variability of that blend gives you the dynamics of as you're going across your field, your field soil types are changing. And so is the organic matter. And it's the variability all the way through the field is, is amazing, actually, if you go to a, to a small scale situation. So those 15 seed blends, you can see the dynamics of how the soil changes from clay to loam and to sand, how the different species um, populations will adjust. Gavilan says his cover crops did well during last year's drought, and we'll hear more about that in a later broadcast. Calvin Gavilan is a spokesperson with Prairie South Holistic Management, a newly formed group holding a field tour and ag conference June 24th to 26th in McCord. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tom and Lumber and Sass Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 31.40 at 10.76.92. Lentils dropped $11 at 8.91.50. Number one red spring wheat declined 67 cents at 4.9803. The rest were unchanged. Durham 606.27. Feed barley 387.54. Chickpeas 9.99.99. Flax 10.94.61. Oats 436.53, yellow peas 604.65, and feed wheat 378.30. At Minneapolis, July spring wheat declined six and a quarter cents at 11.93 and a quarter cent a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574, and now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 552 on offer at our Tuesday regular sale. This cow market maybe looked a hair higher on these real top end cows this week. Good, big, strong cows. A dollar five to a dollar eleven. Sales rate up to a dollar twelve and a quarter. Medium cows ninety five to a dollar five, but these shellier cows they are on a lower trend. The good bulls a dollar two to a dollar thirty four. We did sell a twenty two hundred and ninety pound red bull from Gordon Gerard of Saudi. He bring a dollar forty and a quarter. We're selling every Tuesday here for the summer months. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest pork price quotes we have two thirty one seventy four per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Mandeco. Talk to your Mandeco dealer or visit mandeco.com to learn more about Mandeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Premier Scott Moe leaves Sunday for a trade mission to the U.S. to advance investment opportunities and push for continental energy security with U.S. trading partners. Moe will be in New York to point to Saskatchewan as a leading destination for global investment, outlining carbon capture, enhanced oil recovery, small modular nuclear reactors, and developing critical minerals and rare earth elements. The Conference Board of Canada recently said Saskatchewan will lead GDP growth in Canada this year. The Premier will also meet with key legislators in Washington to outline Saskatchewan as a reliable source for energy and other natural resource commodities. Saskatchewan has 23 of Canada's 31 critical minerals list, as well as supplies of uranium and oil. The Premier's six-day trade mission wraps up on Friday. On the markets, the TSX is down 207 points to 20,824. The Dow has dropped 260 points to 32,988. Oil has risen 224 at 119.11 per barrel. 
The Canadian dollar is down nine one hundredths of a cent at 79.45 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.